Well, hey, I want to tell you just a little bit about where we're um, going to be heading in the weeks and the months to come. Uh, next weekend, we're going to be starting a new series that's going to be taking us into the book of Daniel. And if you've read through the book of Daniel, um, I'm sure you, you'll be excited uh, for where that series is going to take us and the things that we'll be learning. Then the following, we're going to, as we approach Christmas then, after Christmas, going into next year, we're going to be going through the entire Bible next year. And so there'll be ways that you can engage uh, with that series that we'll be talking to you about in the weeks to come. But that'll be exciting and just a really, uh, really a, a special time for us as a church. Uh, this morning, uh, I want to turn your attention. We're going to be really talking about some practical ways that we can really be living out this desire to live for the city, particularly as it relates to how can we as a church um, be one that serves families and particularly children uh, that are in need. Um, one of the fun things that we've been having over the last couple of years is a partnership with Castellar Elementary. And so at this time, I want to invite the, the principal of Castellar up on the stage. And if you could help me give her a Brookside welcome, that'd be great. Mrs. Vargas, thank you for being uh, here. It's always a, a privilege to have you. And we know that many of the people in our church um, might be newer and might be unfamiliar with you and our partnership uh, with your school. So tell us a little bit about your school. Absolutely. Buenos dias. Um, first of all, and most importantly, I, I want to come in and personally thank each and every one of you for your generous contribution to Castellar Elementary. You've just done so much for our families and, I, and our students, so I really appreciate that. I also appreciate all those extra prayers that you give our families as well and our staff, and so please continue to do those because those are a great way for us to be unified in one. So thank you, thank you so much for that. Just to let you know a little bit about Castellar, we are located on 18th and on Martha Street, um, right in the deep heart of South Omaha. We serve about 620 students um, from pre-kindergarten all the way to fifth grade. Um, we are one of six um, in the Omaha Public Schools that has a unique dual language program. Um, students in this program are actually taught 50% of their day in English and 50% of their day in Spanish. Um, 80% of our students are of Latino backgrounds. Um, and 60% of those are um, English as a second language learners. And so we serve a lot of students that are still evolving in their language ang English language skills. 94% um, of our students are what we call on free and reduced lunch, which in other words, live in poverty. And so we, I always feel that I have the best students in the world. And so <laughs> <laughs> they are wonderful students that come from very loving, caring families that want the best for their students. Yeah. Well, it's a privilege really for us to be able to, to um, just to be a help to your school in the small ways in which we can. And many of you know um, the main way that we get to do that is providing, by providing coats uh, to these children uh, that are in need. We also get to do a carnival later in the year, which is a great experience for our church. But tell us a little bit about the coats for Castellar and, and just the impact that that has. Absolutely. And what perfect timing, because last week um, we saw a, a volunteer coming in and so generously bringing loads of coats for our students. And that is truly a wonderful mm. gift for our students, the gift of warmth. Yeah. Um, it's also a wonderful gift for our parents because that is one less thing that they have to worry about as they struggle in those sure. winter months. And so that is truly a blessing that we have um, is with these coats that, uh, that you contribute to our students and the joy that it brings to them because they're able to pick the one that they want. And so they actually feel like they're going shopping at Castellar to be able to have that mm. coat. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you for your leadership of that school. You do a phenomenal job. And um, I thought it'd be fitting just for us to pray for Castellar and Mrs. Vargas. Um, and uh, um, yeah, let's just pray a blessing on that school. So. Heavenly Father, thank you um, for this partnership that you've given us with Castellar Elementary. Lord, we're thankful for it. 
And um, Father, it's just a privilege for us to be able to play a small part in blessing these kids that have very basic needs that we can come right alongside and meet. And so particularly as we approach the holidays, we pray for each one of these families. We pray for the financial struggles that they will encounter, um, the different things that will be happening in just the context of family life that could be a challenge. And we just pray a blessing on them, Lord. We pray that as these students grow up, that they would know you and that they would love you. And Father, we thank you um, that we get to be a, a small part of that. Thank you for this is their principal. She is doing an incredible job. We pray for her continued great leadership of that school, and we thank you again for this, this partnership that we have as a church. And so we commit that school to you. We thank you for Castellar, and we pray in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, and bless you. Well, good morning, Brookside. It's good to see you here. I'm, uh, if you're newer, I'm John. I'm one of the pastors here, and um, as Jeff mentioned this morning, our focus is going to be on us as a church and as individuals, as a community, serving our city, loving our city in the name of Jesus. You know, um, Scripture is so clear to us that God's people are supposed to be ones uh, that get out and serve others and love your neighbor. First John says, that, let us not love with words and tongue, but in action and in truth. Uh, so come on forward. Uh, Mark and Jenny are going to join me for the morning here. And... Um, so we're going to focus in on this uh, idea of how can we help vulnerable children in our own city. You know, we're dreaming of the day. It's just so exciting to think about down the road we're going to have this care center and uh, what that's going to mean for us as a church and for hurting kids all around the city and families. And we want to think about what else can we do to get involved in practical steps that we can do to help kids uh, face some really challenging situations. Um, so today, this morning, is all about kind of coming face to face with some really deep hurt in our city by a lot of kids, and then thinking as a community together, what can we do to help? Because that's the way Christians should approach things, is how can we help? How can we be a good neighbor? And today we're going to watch two videos. Uh, the first one really is um, uncomfortable. And it's hard to watch because it'll open us up to some pain that maybe we weren't quite aware of before that. And the second one is uh, helping explain safe families and how we can maybe get it in advance or uh, ahead of abuse and neglect and maybe prevent that from happening. So we're going to give you opportunities to, um, uh, to volunteer and a number of different ways, something for everybody here. Uh, that you could get involved and help and be a part of the solution. Mark and Jenny, you guys have been involved in helping foster kids for 12 or more years. You pioneered Royal Family Kids Camp, track camps, a number of other things. What turned your heart toward this issue of foster kids in the first place? Yeah, I guess what really captured me um, was realizing in Scripture, in the Bible, when it talks about the orphan or the fatherless, mm -hmm that it's not just some kind of out-of-date concept. I mean, mm. initially you maybe think, oh, we don't really have orphanages here in Omaha. And that's true, we don't really in modern day, uh, in our culture, uh, here in our city. What uh, I realized was that when the Bible talks about the fatherless and the orphan, it's uh, really talking in our case about kids that are in foster care. That's what happens in our culture when uh, kids need a family, when uh, they're lacking that loving home. Uh, they're taken into something called the foster care system. Yeah. So uh, I started reading through scripture with that lens and verses uh, just began jumping out at me one mm -hmm. after the other. Uh, Psalm 68 says, a father to the fatherless, 
a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. Deuteronomy 10.18 talks about that God defends the cause of the fatherless. Psalm 72.12, for he will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have no one to help. Psalm 146 says, he upholds the cause of the oppressed. He sustains the fatherless. Psalm 10.14 says, the victim commits himself to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Yeah, God's word really does seem to communicate that he has a special concern for vulnerable children. We're going to go ahead and watch the first video now. This is a video that we've used to um, show our volunteers as we train them for camp. And it's not a fun video to watch um, because it ushers us right into that pain and confusion that these kids face. And so it's heartbreaking, really. But I believe that as we open up our hearts and open up ourselves to really see and really experience um, another's pain, we're being like Jesus when we do that. And you should know it's about 10 minutes long. So I'd encourage you to just kind of sit back and soak it in, take it in, and uh, respond how God might want you to. But in the, the reason we want to watch this video again is that it helps us understand the reality of the need of these kinds of kids in our community. And uh, it also helps us a little bit to know why we see some of the maybe attitudes and behaviors that we do from kids that have been victims of abuse and neglect. And when we see that and understand it, perhaps it allows us then to uh, reach out with more compassion to them and minister to them in that way. Hmm. Yeah. So let's go ahead and watch that now. Now let's take a look. I think the current stats are about 1,700 kids in our city. Um, our very own city of Omaha are uh, from foster families, and that means they've gone through abuse and neglect, many of them much like the story we just watched. Um, so where is God in all of this? There's a lot of pain in a lot of places in this world and certainly in our own city, and uh, not just for adults, uh, for kids as well. Where do we go when we feel that? And certainly the answer is we go to God. We go to Scripture. And, uh, you know, Psalm uh, 34 reassures us that the God that we serve is a good God. And uh, Psalm 34, 18 says this, that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and save the, saves those that are crushed in spirit. That's the kind of God that we have. And as Christ's followers, we believe Scripture. We know there's hope. We know there's hope through God's Word. We know that Jesus provides us hope. He sends us the Holy Spirit. We believe this, and there are answers. And even though we've been, maybe some of us have been through some very painful things, God doesn't just immediately erase that. But there is ways forward uh, to find healing. Mark and Jenny, you guys have been involved in helping foster kids for a long, long time. As you watch a video like this that deals honestly with what's happening with kids, what comes to mind for you guys? You know, at, toward the end of the video, we hear the girl saying that her past doesn't have to define her. And Jesus would say that too, right? If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And children who have been traumatized by abuse or neglect or abandonment, they have a long road of healing to walk. And it's not an easy road for the child. It's not an easy road for the people that walk alongside that child. But God is able. And in his time and in his ways, he can and he longs hmm. to bring healing and wholeness to hurting kids. 
But one thing that comes to my mind and that I've had to talk with God about is I've had to think, you know, even if he doesn't, even if um, God doesn't appear to be working or the story uh, for a particular child that I've come to love, even if that story doesn't turn out the way that I hoped that it would, uh, the right place to be mm. is still at the side of that hurting child. And the right thing to do is still to reach out with love and compassion. Mm. Yeah. And the hope is that as we invest in their lives at a, a younger age, when they're kids and teens, uh, that we see something maybe longer term that God knows is coming uh, that is the end of their story, that even if we don't see it in the struggles. And I was talking with Patty recently. She's one that grew up in the foster care system. She was first placed in the system at two years old. Um, her uh, mom's life was really unstable, but she tried to reunify. They tried to reunify with mom a couple different times uh, in and out of foster care. One of those times she said, uh, her mom put uh, Patty and her sisters in the car and said, we have a doctor's appointment, took her in the car and dropped her off at Child Protective Services and signed them over to the state again, uh, unbeknownst to them. What a hard thing. But um, Patty ended up in, in uh, teen, uh, like a group home uh, for teens with uh, behavioral challenges, as we saw in the video, the, the behaviors that come from some of this kind of background and and uh, one thing led to another, she got to go to a youth group uh, experience at a mm -hmm. church. Uh, and uh, she was sitting around in a small group at the youth group. And they said, well, what kind of prayer request does everybody have tonight? And she said, I just want to be in a family. I don't want to be in this group home anymore. I want to be in a family. And one of the girls that was around that circle that night went home and told her parents what had happened. And they had always kind of thought about foster care before. But they said, maybe God's calling us to do that. And they did it. And they took her in. And it was a hard couple of years mm -hmm very difficult uh, making that transition with her, and she eventually aged out as an adult. But as a young adult, she turned around and said, you know what, Mark, that's my mom and dad. That is my family, and they love me unconditionally through that mess. And they also introduced me to Christ, and it changed my life forever. Mm, yeah. So as we're thinking together as a church and as individuals about hurting kids in our, our own city, um, a lot of you are probably vaguely aware you could be a foster parent, but maybe that's not, you're not in the season of life, or maybe that's not your thing, and you might be thinking, well, what can I do? I, mean, I know it's a problem, but there's nothing I can do about it. And uh, what we want to do is offer you hope. And if God stirs in your heart, there is probably something for everybody, a way you could personally get involved and volunteer to help kids that have faced a lot of unfair challenges in their life. Um, and there's three things we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, we uh, want to mention a little bit about the camps, the Royal Family Kids Camp and Track Camp, but also foster parenting and then safe families. So uh, we've talked a lot about uh, Royal Family Kids Camp, so a lot of people kind of know about it, but just real quickly, Mark, uh, tell us a little bit about that in case uh, someone doesn't know. Yeah, and I would just real quick put it in the context of that video we just saw. A, a girl like that would be a great candidate to come to Royal Family Kids Camp. Her caseworker might call and connect with us and say, hey, she's had a rough go of it right now. Can she come to camp? And all of a sudden, she's at summer camp with a bunch of you all, <laughs> a bunch of Christians that mm. love on her and show her what Jesus' uh, love looks like. And uh, she may have come off the bus with a pretty difficult circumstance and a pretty hard attitude, but over the course of being at camp, whether it's the royal family for the kids or the track camp for teens, 
we see God soften those kids' hearts and those teens' hearts. And he does some pretty cool things at camp. And we'd love for you to be involved with that. We always need volunteers both help and plan and prepare for it. But come out and be on staff at camp or help afterwards with mentoring for with one of the kids you might meet at camp. Yeah, and there's some other ways you can involve, help with the carnival and so forth, even yep. if you're not there the whole week. That's right. Um, another way you could get involved is actually maybe uh, find out a little bit more about foster parenting yourself. Mark and Jenny ended up traveling down that road after getting involved. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, you know, of course, we had interacted with a lot of foster children through uh, the camp ministry, and so kind of always something in the back of our minds. But like many of you, I had some mm. fears about foster parenting, and a lot of what-ifs um, went through my mind. And, you know, there's one particular day that was kind of a, a benchmark moment for me when I was interacting with God in his word uh, about the story about the rich young ruler, right? And so um, the rich young ruler is telling Jesus about, um, you know, asking him, I've done all these things, what else? You know, am I good? Can I, can I enter your kingdom? And, and Jesus tells him to give everything that he owns away mm -hmm. and then come follow. And as I was um, just praying through that passage and talking to God about it, I felt like God was speaking to my heart. Hey, Jenny, um, your wealth is your family and your home life. That's the wealth mm -hmm. that you have to offer. And, and I want you to, to open that up, even though it's a little risky. I want you to open that up and to share that with another. And so we did step into, the first step we took was to sign up for a foster care training class. And we went through that. And uh, they talk about what kind of kids might be a good fit for your home right now and all that. So we got that settled. We did some short-term respite care, which is taking care of kids on a weekend or for a week at a time if somebody needed a place. And then we had uh, a couple of more longer-term placements. And the second one was Bethany. And uh, she uh, had about a two-year journey through foster care. And as it turns out, we were able to uh, actually she needed a permanent family. And so we were able to adopt her this summer. Yeah, that was God's good plan for Bethany. And uh, boy, she really is a gift to our family. And we're thankful for the way that God is writing her story. Um, you know, foster care doesn't always, the end result isn't always adoption. And in fact, it's not really always intended to be. Um, but, but sometimes that's the way the journey goes. You know, as you talk to people about foster care, it seems like everybody has a story of foster care gone crazy. <laughs> and I've heard a lot of those stories. I don't know why people feel like they should share them with me as a foster parent, but they do. <laughs> and so we'll just, we'll just open that up right now and just say that, yes, it's true. The foster care world um, can be a roller coaster of a ride, mm. and it's full of uncertainty. Um, there are ups and downs and big swings and crazy turns, and I know that there's a lot of people here at Brookside that have actually experienced that firsthand, yeah. so I just wanted to take a moment this morning, too, just to say thank you. Yeah. Um, thank you yeah. to those of you who are foster parents or camp volunteers, um, mentors, neighbors, teachers, friends. Um, thank you for investing in the lives of these kids, and thank you for not letting the craziness of the system or the fear of heartache Thank you for not letting those things prevent you from doing the right thing and um, reaching out and loving a child. Yeah. You know, I think love always involves risks, right? Yeah. And it always involves sacrifice. But uh, when we love um, despite the risks and the sacrifices, we're really being like Jesus again. Mm. Yeah. And it can be hard. It can be a hard journey, but it's so worth it. And you, we learn so much from it, and, you know, we're able to help and minister to the kids in a way that's pretty important, too, as believers. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing about your journey. And, um, yeah, as Jenny said, thank you for 
hundreds of you guys have volunteered at camp. I know a number of you guys are foster families, and that's making a difference. Um, not, not all of you, maybe not even many of you, uh, are at the right place in your life to be a foster parent. Maybe some of you are. I think that there are. And um, your next step could be there's actually a foster parent training in January. So you can contact us. We'll fill you in and get you more information or uh, just tell you more about that journey. Uh, but as I said, not everybody can be a foster parent. And it's not right. And God wouldn't want you to be. But there are so many different opportunities in Safe Families. This is an emerging ministry. And just about everybody here could do something with Safe Families uh, if they wanted to, if, if you felt like that was what God was calling you into. Uh, the beauty about this new ministry, this emerging ministry, is that um, not, there's roles beyond taking a child into your home. You can serve the family that is taking a child into your home. There's many other different roles. Uh, but the vision behind Safe Families is to get ahead of that abuse and neglect. So to come into families that are struggling and to coach the parents and to help the kids so that that child doesn't have to go through that abusive situation. So Mark, uh, we're a sponsor church now of Safe Families. Tell us a little bit about this ministry. Yeah, Safe Families for Children. And we said we were going to bring some hope and some ideas, right? This mm. is one I'm really, really excited about because it's basically saying, hey, church, what kind of resources do you have to wrap around a family that's struggling before they might spiral down into abuse and neglect, which leads to foster care? Let's help the families when they're feeling isolated and stressed and struggling and help stabilize them, reunify, and keep going forward instead of spiraling down. And so uh, there's a video we're going to play. It's just a quick one and uh, just a couple minutes long, but it'll explain kind of a basic safe family story, and I'll tell you a little more about how it applies to us here in Omaha. And that video is from the Chicago area where Safe Families for Children began about 12 years ago. Uh, so many churches have gotten involved and people have gotten involved in Chicago that in, in part of the, one of the regions where they take their statistics, the rates of kids going into foster care has been cut nearly in half. Because mm. a lot of those kids weren't abused to a level that they needed to be taken out of the home. They were just not able to have the resources to care for that kid. And so the church wrapping around and saying, we will help that family become stable so they don't go into foster care. The average length of stay in a host home for safe families is about six weeks. And the average length of stay in foster care in Nebraska is over a year. So the length of time the kid is away from their parents is quite a lot smaller. Mm. And we as a church can wrap around. And there's a couple of different things happening with Safe Families for Children. Let's show the slide we have of some of the different roles. Um, the middle, the woman with the uh, little baby there says family assisted. Basically, if you think of that as Clarissa in the video, right? So Clarissa needs help, and there's all these different roles supporting around her. Uh, there's a host family that could care for a child or children while she maybe dedicates herself full to go get a job or to find the housing she needs or to go to a treatment program, and they can take care of the kids for, like I said, maybe a few weeks or a month until she gets back on her feet that way. There's a family coach that helps that process really formally move forward. There's family friends that become like a mentor. Clarissa mentioned they gave me someone I could talk to that I could really uh, talk with, and that's that family friend is kind of like a mentor to that maybe single mom or that struggling parents that is praying for them and following through and what's going on in your life now and really walking them to, forward to the time when they could have their kids back with them and resolve their crisis. And then that top uh, left resource friends, 
that's really any one of us who would say, I have a little something I could, I could do. I could do to help maybe fix up that apartment so she could go back home again. Maybe I could uh, lend you a crib so you could house a baby for a time if you have a home that you could uh, take care of a child but you don't have the equipment that you would need. Uh, resource friends are just ones that come in and support. And that's, that's us, church, just gathering around. Like I said, this, this is different. It's not foster care where the child is removed from the home forcibly. It is a voluntary placement by someone like Clarissa who says, I just need a break for a little while to get my life back in order so things don't get worse. And so it's a voluntary placement, and it's a volunteer-led program as well. It's us as the church look around saying, how can we all roll up our sleeves and get involved to help a family who's struggling? And that's what excites me about Safe Families, John, is that it is a chance for the church to really uh, dive in and help in a new way that we haven't known how to really do before. But um, since we're up and going at Brookside and I've connected with uh, even the state system a little bit and said, hey, we're, we're available for this kind of thing, we're getting phone calls. We're getting phone calls saying, hey, this is a mom, here's the kids, here's where she's located, what can you do to help? And we have a few families that have been trained already, but we need lots more, mm. not just the host families, but also that family friend, the mentoring role, the resource friends, people that will come along and help with the, the physical needs of these families that are now calling us, saying, okay, church, you said you were going to help. Mm. Uh, we're ready for the help. And, and it's people that are knocking on our church door, essentially, that never were before. Mm. I think lots of time as believers, we say, well, what could I really do? I don't know anybody. But now they're coming and asking us for help. And so mm. I'm excited about where we're going to go with this in yeah. the future. And this is our opportunity to step in and for the church to be the church. So, Mark, uh, perhaps somebody is in, interested. They couldn't take a child in their home, but they can fix a sink, and maybe that could help the family. Uh, what's the next steps? How can, how can we take a step? Well, I think sometimes it's just a small step we have to take forward. And you've got to sign up and get registered and get on the team. That's right. You know, I think sometimes we sense God nudging us towards something, Mm. uh, but it seems like such a big decision, Mm. uh, you know, become a foster family or sign up to play a role in this brand new ministry. That seems like a big step. And um, something that I think that Mark and I have seen God faithfully do in our lives, and I I know some of you have probably experienced it too, is when we take a little tiny steps of faith forward, then, then he guides and directs along the way, you know? So maybe you're like, like we've been at sometimes, and we've said, God, we don't really know for sure if this is what you want us to do, but we're going to just do the next little thing, mm-hmm. and then we're going to see what you do, and, and we'll just keep following step by step like that. And when we've done that, God has been so good to open doors, to close doors, and just to direct us along the way. He really guides and directs. And the next step for Safe Families would be, we have a preview, just a, a quick little spot where you could check it out next Sunday morning here at 9 o'clock. That'd be an easy thing to just walk into and, and learn a little more about it, answer your questions. If you're ready to go, like, train me, I'm ready to sign up for Safe Families, you'll see a couple dates listed there where you could actually come to a training. That's the, just that one evening, either the Monday or the Sunday afternoon. Uh, would be all you need to be involved uh, with Safe Families for Children. Right. And I know, Brookside, you are so, I always brag about you and I like go out of town and stuff like, look at the greatest church. They love to volunteer and they love to help out and be part of the solution. So if God has stirred you a little bit and you want to help kids in our community that are struggling, I really encourage you to take a moment before you rush out and go out to lunch to, to look at this uh, tear-off in your program and uh, look at it. You know, there's, a, there's things from the Carnival at Castellar and Urban Plunge, uh, Saturday Servant, things like that. But there's also spots here for foster care, learning more about that. And then also uh, there's a section that says helping kids in need. That's all about the safe families. So you can fill that out. And then, um, and then just leave that on the, in the buckets uh, by those tables on your way out. But I encourage you, if, if you do want to help out, uh, maybe take that little step today 
and let us know, and then we can follow up and tell you more information. So, um, yeah, I uh, appreciate you guys uh, being willing to, to kind of dive into this topic and be a part of what's going on and God's solution to helping kids heal. And this morning we're going to finish by uh, worshiping together and focusing on God as our good Father. So, Rob, uh, why don't you lead us?